It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, MLSC opts against a pretty small fee to bring a WNBA expansion team to Toronto, and the future of the WNBA in Toronto is very much in doubt, not to mention what this might mean for the Raptors ownership group. You never want to have weird stuff going on at the top, but it just might be going on. We'll get into all that on today's show with Chelsea Late from Raptors HQ. Let's go. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, October the 6th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now, going on 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course, Come join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server, a great little community we got building around the show. We got people from Ireland. We got people from Germany. I think we've got people from Poland and Australia and New Zealand. It is a wonderful place. I'm calling myself Mr. Worldwide now. I don't think that nickname has been used uh, just on account of the wide reach of the podcast audience, apparently. Uh, I'm going to trademark that nickname and all that. I, again, I'm pretty sure no one's using that as a nickname. So uh, come hang out with Mr. Worldwide in the Locked On Raptors Discord server and We'd love to see you join us. Uh, going to be a good good place to be as the season gets rolling. First preseason game over the weekend. If you want to hang out in there and chat, it would be a great place to do so. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. And right now, make every moment more. Uh, new customers can get $5 and get 200 to bet $5 that isn't get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started a reminder you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts all that good stuff uh, subscribe rate review go to the youtube channel hit the big subscribe button over there get your notifications it's lovely we appreciate your patronage very very much on today's show we're getting a little grim as the uh, big wigs in the boardroom the amorphous blob of corporate ownership of the toronto raptors the toronto maple leafs and tfc and i guess the argos too uh, has decided not to go forward with the $50 million expansion fee to bring a WNBA team to Toronto. Expansion was announced yesterday. There were some thoughts and whispers that maybe Toronto was going to be involved. It's the exact opposite, and it sucks. And we're going to talk about why it sucks with our lovely guest, who does not suck, who is the best. It's Chelsea Late from Raptors HQ. Chelsea, how are you today? I'm good. I mean, based on all of the stuff you just said, I could be better, but... Mm -hmm. I am good. 
Yeah, uh, so we're going to dig into the uh, WNBA stuff up top. We will also play a couple rounds of What's More Likely coming up later, one of which will have a WNBA twist on it as well. Um, but Chelsea, let's start with this. Doug Smith reports yesterday. Sarah Spain had some reporting as well uh, as the Bay Area team was announced for the WNBA, the 13th franchise in the WNBA yesterday. Again, there was some hope that maybe Toronto was going to be one of those cities getting a WNBA expansion franchise. Of course, we know last summer, uh, wonderful incredible sellout of the Chicago Sky and Minnesota Lynx game and right it was Minnesota I was there why is my brain blanking on the teams it was Minnesota yeah we're we're recording very early uh (laughs) so my brain doesn't work either way uh it, it seems like Toronto has been ripe for WNBA expansion for a while now um all the different factors you know obviously a basketball mad city uh you know sort of some counter programming to the toronto raptors during the sort of winter months the wnba rocking in the summer would be an awesome addition to the sports calendar and you'd think hey there's a perfect arena right there they have a wonderful practice facility at ovo it all lines up unless of course the people at the boardroom decide not to pay the money um and of course the again 50 million dollars paid in installments over many years is the price tag here for an entity that is worth multi-billions of dollars and has two of the most valuable sports franchises uh, i mean i think the two most valuable sports franchises in the country um i think montreal canadians might be in there but either way the raptors and leafs they're pretty big cash cows and yet 50 million bucks too rich for the blood of the mlse boardroom uh doug smith's reporting at the uh, the toronto star yesterday kind of notes that ed rogers who of course has butted heads in the past with masai ujiri with larry tannenbaum selling some of his stock is maybe kind of you know making himself heard in these boardrooms a little bit more uh it's not great chelsea Uh, what was your sort of reaction to this reporting from doug smith and everybody else who was on this yesterday and uh you know what kind of giant letdown does this feel like for a team that would absolutely be a wonderful host for a WNBA team? Yeah, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of factors that went into the fact that we probably weren't going to get an announcement about Toronto being expanded to in the WNBA yesterday specifically. Sure. Um, You know, expansion in the WNBA is going to happen in 2025. At, like at the very soonest um and so there's a lot of factors that go into the fact that toronto like isn't technically ready for that yet um and so i wasn't expecting it to happen yesterday if we're being completely honest one sure. of those big factors is the fact that the WNBA still flies commercial and um the WNBA itself would have to figure out chartered flights and stuff like that before bringing a franchise to toronto sure. but at the same time i definitely thought You know, when you think about the WNBA, their CBA is expiring next year. So by the 2025 season, there'll be a new CBA. So hopes are kind of, you know, going that chartered flights would be a part of that. Right. Um, And, you know, it's like a year and a half. I was kind of like, okay, there's kind of a long time to figure it out. Um, We knew that the Bay Area, San Francisco was going to get announced yesterday, um, just based on reports that have been coming out over the last couple of weeks. And so when Toronto didn't get announced, I was like, okay, like, it's just too soon. Like, you you know, give it a couple of months, give the league a little bit of time to figure out what they're doing in the next like year and a half, because technically doing two teams at once is kind of the move for the WNBA, just because they do a conference based in season tournament. And so having 13 teams as opposed to 14 teams doesn't really work. Mm. Um, But then the Doug Smith report came out and 
it just poured water kind of, on all of the every everything yes yeah it was just kind of the like whatever hope was there just kind of got squashed um and don't get me wrong i've definitely heard reports of mlse not being interested but those were all before the game that happened in may right and um i maybe naively thought that that was a sign that you know we all knew that toronto as a city was ready but i definitely were definitely you know could see why they would want to test and see if people were going to be invested and whatever and you think about that game the fact that it sold out in 20 minutes that it was not just the lower bowl of Scotiabank Arena, which is the case for some WNBA like arenas that they only sell mm-hmm. out the lower role, but it was the entire arena. Um, the fact that the city was so invested, the fact that you know, even at the game, like by halftime, all of the merch in the entire arena was sold out. Yeah, um, I was it, a victim of that. I was like, I'll get it at halftime, it's fine. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> no, it was gone. Like, I went to go get food at halftime, and like it was, it looked barren, like there was yeah. nothing. Yeah, um, you know, and just like the fact that it broke preseason viewership records it broke canadian like WNBA viewership and then you think about the growth of the league in the past couple of years not just in america but in canada like uh i believe the stat is something like you know the the WNBA viewership in canada has increased by like 95 percent in the past mm-hmm. like two years or something like that mm-hmm. they've increased by over like 280 million views when you think about that and it's just like you th- you know, there's all this talk about it's a good business decision or whatever, or the fact that they didn't want to spend the money, which I understand the price did increase based on, you know, maybe numbers that they were given a couple of years ago um, from like 20 to 25 million to that $50 million number that we, that we saw last night. Um, But at the same time, you're like, there's so much math that is giving you the impression that, this would be a, like a good decision and the fact that people would buy into it, the fact that people are willing to spend the money on the WNBA, the fact that there's a market ready for it here. Um, and it's just incredibly disappointing when this company that we already know to be sort of out of touch with the basketball community based on a lot of things that they've done with the Raptors mm-hmm. makes a decision that just makes little sense. Yeah. Like, way. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, the shrewd, capitalistic, uh, everything is bean counting, everything is, has to be for profit, decision making behind it, fine, whatever. Maybe it, okay. it is something where you lose some money in the beginning, and okay. it takes some time to win, get your money back. But like, I would think that a, you know, a company of the size of MLSE, who has seen in the, on in their own house the like how just like sports franchises expand in value exponentially upon purchasing them you would think that with the WNBA headed in the direction it's clearly going with you know the new CBA coming in like you mentioned uh surely new TV deals coming down the line that are going to be more lucrative all of this stuff the the star power in the league and, and like frankly some of the Canadian star power that's going to be in the league as well like it just, for me, if you consider yourself like a sound investor and look at this as a decision you don't want, like a thing you don't want to go down the route of, like, you're bad at your job. I'm sorry. Like, this is just like no logical argument to me that this is not something that would not have some sort of payoff down the line to add it to the portfolio of MLSE. Not to mention, it's just like the right thing to do to promote women's sports and like, 
you have the facilities, you have everything set up. I know that you mentioned the charter flights thing. That is an obstacle to overcome. But like you said, 2025 is when this is all happening. Like there's still time to sort these logistics and particulars out. And to just get the report yesterday that they're just like not interested is really disappointing. And you would think, okay, well, maybe this brings in the opportunity for some sort of individual rich person to say, hey, I'm going to bring this team here. Uh, good luck because MLSE owns the rink and there is yeah. no other place, the rink, the state arena, whatever we're calling it. Um, there's no other place that's really a viable host of a WNBA team in the Toronto area. And, and so we're left with just kind of, all right, well, maybe we'll see you in five years or 10 years or whatever. And it's just yeah. really, really disheartening. It stinks. And uh, I want to talk more about this. We'll continue on on the other side, Chelsea, and get into mm-hmm. um, some of the other particulars of this and how this might affect the Raptors, honestly, because like MLSE, they're getting penny pinching now. I, I mean, it's hard to say. Obviously, the Raptors make a lot of money, but you can, it's never a good thing when your amorphous ownership group is starting to get a little bean county. That's for sure. We're going to come back on the other side and get into that, and we'll play a little What's More Likely tied to the WNBA in Toronto and Scotty Barnes, interestingly enough, in just one second. Before that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, who right now are the place to go to snap into action ahead of this NFL season. Well, I guess it's already started now, but with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, you can get new customers, or new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets when or lose if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action and it's not just football of course the WNBA finals are ongoing awesome very exciting go and put some money down on the aces or the liberty uh boy it'd be cool if Toronto could be in a WNBA finals not happening but the ones that are going on you can go put some money down on you can also you know the baseball playoffs are ongoing you maybe you're someone who unlike me has is watching the rest of the playoffs after the Blue Jays going out you can go ahead and put some money down there as well the app is super easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over unders and more so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season fanduel the official partner of the nfl and the locked on podcast network the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here. Chelsea Late, Raptors HQ along. I uh, love having you, Chelsea. I, I, I had to, we, I know you are on recently, but it was like, who better to talk about this stuff with than, than Chelsea? So thank you for making the time and being here. Uh, everyone, of, of course, please go check out the, this week's previous episodes if you haven't. Lots of good stuff this week. Um, kind of reacting to Media Day and all the fallout from that. Talking a little bit of optimism as well with the defense talk we had with Samson Folk yesterday if you want to go peruse that episode. But let's continue here. Here, Chelsea. Um, so, I guess, w- what are the pathways here for the WNBA to, to, to like to Toronto at this point? Is it just a matter of uh, you revisit it in a few years' time and hope that the the powers that be are, are kind of back on board? Like, I, I, I just it feels very hopeless at the moment with this reporting coming out, and it got me really thinking yesterday. Like, 
I know MLSC has been a pretty good steward of these teams for a while now, and you know they won a championship with the Raptors. They paid the luxury tax. Obviously, they invest a lot in the Leafs and sort of off the court, they invest in a lot of stuff as well. But I get a little worried again when the sort of the penny pinching comes into play, and I also get a little worried when the sort of unidentifiable blob of corporate people at a boardroom is starting to make these decisions. And Larry Tannenbaum, of course, has kind of been like the person who's overseen all this and been someone who's kind of like, I think, done a pretty good job of keeping ownership out of the way. But with his stock being lessened, with Ed Rogers becoming more of a a figure, it seems, within the conversation, it got me really wishing, like, why don't the Raptors just have, like, one individual terrible person owning the team? Like, I made this point yesterday. Yes, Tillman Fertitta is terrible, but at least Houston Rockets fans know who to throw rotting fruit at when things are going wrong. With the Raptors and with MLSE, it's a little bit less obvious. I'm just kind of rambling because I'm mad. Uh, But, like, what's your level of, like, hope that this could eventually happen for Toronto does this feel like a lost dream now that's just not going to come to fruition anytime soon um yeah there's a lot of feelings that go on with it honestly the one thing that I feel like really needs to change and I think this has to do a lot with the fact that maybe it is a board and all that stuff but there is an unfortunate culture and I'm trying to like pick my words here but there's an unfortunate (laughs) culture of I don't know if I want to call it misogyny or sexism or just disbelief in women's sports. It's dismissive. Yeah. It's a dismissive culture of women's sports in this city and in this country um, that we've been seeing for quite a while. You think about the Canadian women's soccer team. You think about the fact that there isn't much of a women's sports culture in this country. Mm -hmm. You think about the fact that time and time again, these women who represent Canada put so much into being athletes for this country and they win. You know, you think about the fact that we're gold medalists in hockey and in soccer and the fact that the Canadian women's basketball team has been truly just like incredible for a decade. And the Mm -hmm. fact that, and not to discount the men's team who has done very well in particular this year, as we all know, but like, even when that was happening, the the amount of times that I had to kind of sit around and be like, okay, in these reports that were coming out, the fact that you would say things like the Canadian or the Canadian basketball team hasn't made the, the Olympics since 2000. And yeah. I'm like, okay, but the Canadian women have been there for the past three times. Yeah. And there's just like a dismissive culture in this country when it comes to women's sports. And it's it starts at the top. And like everything, it starts at the top. And you think about the fact that even when you talk about coverage and media and the fact that there's no opportunity for people to even watch women's sports in this country live, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you think about the fact that even when it comes to men's sports like hockey, the Leafs, the Raptors, like I see it because I'm in Toronto Raptors media, like there is a severe lack of women's representation. It's pathetic, frankly. Yeah, It's, (laughs) it's 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 upsetting. It's like the fact that I go to Raptors media events and I am like one of four women, you know, it's like in a, in a room of a hundred people, it's like this culture that is not going to change unless these people like MLSC do something Mm -hmm. to bring some sort of new culture to this city. And quite honestly, 
like sure a WNBA team isn't going to fix like overarching sexism in the world sure. but like it's the fact that you are so incredibly dismissive of a team and that sure maybe wouldn't bring you profit currently in like immediately yeah. but the fact that it would do so much for this culture in this city and in this country that is so absolutely dismissive of not only women's athletes but people who watch women's sports and cover women's sports and like even women who talk about sports in general and the fact that you are so completely like dismissive of even trying to bring that culture is just so mm -hmm. telling of your values in total and i know i'm not really answering your question but i just know my question my was off. very amorphous very like uh, open-ended so this is great uh go off <laughs> <laughs> thank you but it just like and when you talk about what my hope is truly when i saw that it just it made sense unfortunately mm -hmm. because yeah. i see it every day i see it every day i see it in the people who comment on stuff that i'm on i see it you know, when I go to things and there are like a handful of women, mm -hmm. I see it when we're talking about, you know, even opportunities in women's sports and women are even overlooked in those. Like I have a wonderful network of women in this space who cover sports and our main conversations all the time is like, even when it comes to women's sports, we're overlooked, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's so hard to have hope about these things when time and time again we are dismissed and we're not prioritized and we are told that we're a bad business decision and we're told that our culture and our community doesn't matter yeah, and that we don't matter because we're not going to be as profitable as an NBA team that's been around for over 25 years immediately. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when you talk about hope, it's kind of hard to have. Yeah. And quite honestly, I'm like, and maybe I, this is just my reaction because it happened yesterday and I'm sure I will, you know, get over it slowly and then continue to do the work because I love doing this work and I love advocating for the WNBA and the players and especially the Canadian players. I think everybody really knows that I'm like really mm -hmm. here for the Canadian women's basketball team and I will call you out <laughs> if you're not, um, you know, wording those reports right when it comes to the men's and the women's team. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to keep doing that because I like doing it and I believe in these players and I believe in this league and I believe in Toronto as a place where women's sports should thrive and unfortunately it doesn't. But I don't know. It's just so disheartening when you think about the fact that the people who have the power to mm -hmm. change the culture just don't want to. Yeah. It, it ultimately, I mean, it all comes back to capitalism brain, right? And yeah. just like the notion that a thing can't exist unless it earns profit for somebody, which just is such a, uh, a joyless, soulless way to think about a society. Uh, uh, like, not everything needs to be for max profit. And the sort of the poisoning of the well and the thinking that that is the case is exactly what leads to the dismissive nature or the, the dismissive sort of approach to women's sports. And it, it is like a giant bummer. And like everyone will go nuts when 80% of the medals at the Olympics are won by women. And oh, look at the women of Canada. Incredible. And then there's just like never any follow-up support or further investment in anything. It, it's just, it, yeah. 
it is like an incredible bummer. And I too, just like, you know, I don't think things at MLSC are hunky dory right now. I don't have a ton of hope that there's some sort of sea change coming with the powers that be there, especially if Ed Rogers is going to be the one kind of becoming the more prominent voice. I, I, it's like it is really disheartening. And to have the the high that was that preseason game last summer being there, seeing just like the scores of young girls there watching professional sports played by people who are like them, and now they're not going to get that opportunity for who knows how long. It's such a bummer. Um, yeah. yeah, just yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. And obviously, I don't want to dismiss the fact that the PWHL is coming. Here, I was so just about to say exciting. that. Yeah, yeah. So that's very exciting. That. And mm-hmm. can't, can't wait to support that team and everything. Mm-hmm. But they're not owned by MLSE. Yeah. <laughs> and if that was the option, then who knows what would probably wouldn't exist yeah yeah exactly Um, so yeah yeah, don't want to dismiss the fact that that team is coming and i'm very excited to support them but yeah yeah uh we will put a pin in this conversation for now we'll come back we'll get into some raptors stuff and we will have a wnba theme to one of our what's more likelies that we'll close out the show with uh leave it on a on a a less frankly depressing note hopefully uh (laughs) god the rich people, they're bad. We'll come back in just a second and get into a couple of what's more likely around at the show with Chelsea. Before that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs, who make the most comfortable shorts you're ever going to wear. I, I got to tell you, I, you know, sometimes we get like clients on the podcast and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good stuff. And, and you know, I'm happy to support it. Bird Dogs are like the most comfortable shorts I've ever worn in my entire life. I cannot tell you how like easy, breezy, wonderful, comfortable these shorts are. The built-in comfort lining is an absolute absolute game changer, especially on like a hot day. I know it's getting a little bit cooler now, but if a weird October heat wave hits again, you want to bust out those bird dogs, baby. They're super comfortable. Uh, They also have like jogger pants and they have a ton of different things available at their site. They have hats. Uh, My wife has the the bird dogs hat they sent us. She wears it when she goes and works out, goes on a paddleboard, whatever it might be. It's super comfortable. It's all really, really well-made stuff. My dad, I gave him a pair of the bird dog shorts. They're his favorite shorts in the whole world. You got to go check Bird Dogs out right now. They're functional for any occasion, whether you're going to the golf course, going on a date, for an evening out with friends, the pool, the workout, lounging, work, whatever it is. Bird Dogs are the way. I was wearing my Bird Dogs last night around the house. They're a perfect lounge short. I love them. You're going to love them too. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, rounding out the show here. It's been, uh, you know, I think a dour tone so far today, but we're going to try to brighten the mood a little bit with a little game. We love a parlor game here on Locked On Raptors, and we're going to play a little What's More Likely uh, you know how this works. I pick two unlikely outcomes, and we have to talk about which of the outcomes is the most likely. And I might have jumped the gun on saying it's not going to be depressing because the first one I have here, Chelsea, is 
What's more likely, Scotty Barnes makes an All-NBA team before 2028, or Toronto gets a WNBA team before 2028. Five years out, uh, of course, the first round of expansion here is coming in 2025. Maybe there are more rounds between 2025 and 2028. There is hope, maybe, although we just spent a whole segment talking about why there's no hope. Uh, Chelsea, what you got here? What's more likely, Scotty Barnes All-NBA before 2028, or Toronto gets a WNBA team before that year? Look, if you would have asked me this like a week ago, I feel like my answer would have been very different. Yep. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm going to have to go Scotty Barnes makes an all-NBA team before 2028. Um, Yeah, and I think that's just like the optimism of Scotty Barnes' development and the Mm -hmm. way that it seems based on media day and training camp that they're really trying to invest in his development as both, you know, like that big guy and also as a point guard, as as mm-hmm. someone who's going to be on ball more. And so, you know, we'll see this year how that works out and how, um, you know, he develops. I think this is a big year for him. I think we talked about this the last time I was on as well, um, how big of a year it is for him. And so, yeah, I mean, as much as I really want to say, you know, the WNBA comes to Toronto before 2028, likely what will happen is, you know, 2025 will come. They'll put two new teams. It's looking like San Francisco, which they – announced yesterday and portland uh Mm -hmm. seems to be the other team and then they'll probably let those two teams kind of play out for a couple years and see how the the league goes and how growth is going by that point and then maybe announce two more teams after that so 2027 2028 at the very least but you never know what the WNBA. so it's hard to it's hard to see that as a viable option (laughs) yeah i really want to say the wnba team um you know, I, I guess the impediment to Scotty Barnes making All NBA is he's a future basketball player. What position does he even play? Although I guess they're getting rid of positions for All NBA starting this season, so maybe that doesn't matter quite as much. Yeah, or I, I, am I wrong? I think they're doing that. Um, I think they are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So they do that I, in the WNBA. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> maybe you should take your cues from a league that's run pretty well. Um, yeah, I think uh, Scotty is probably the more likely one here. The one I'm rooting for more. Look, I'm rooting for both things to happen. Why not both? I say this would be great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, big picture stuff here. WNBA before 2028 would be pretty darn swell. But I'm going to have to go with Scotty here as well. Um, you know, the thing that, you know, is always going to remain is that Toronto will be like the sort of... the. I, are they at the status where they're like the best city without a WNBA, like the best potential host city without a team? Like, I know there's lots of cities that would throw their name in that ring, but as far yeah. as just like overall impact, it feels like Toronto's always going to be top of the list. Yeah, I mean, we're we're a little biased. I know like Portland was a part of the conversation, Bay Area, but now like they're out of the conversation. They yeah. have teams. It's whatever. Um, Toronto's up there. Philadelphia's up there. Nashville is up there, has a big women's mm. uh, basketball culture in Nashville because of the Tennessee college team. Right. Um, there's a lot of like Midwest, like middle America cities that uh, are underserved when it comes to women's basketball. Um, Florida. Uh, mm. But you think about, you know, Toronto is definitely up there, like top three and not really third or sometimes even second. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people are going to say Philadelphia comes before or all this stuff, but, um, or Den- Denver has been up there, honestly, for a while. Denver, mm-hmm. they had a visit a couple months ago, but yeah, Toronto is up there in those conversations. Um, definitely deserving. Um, and I, I feel like anybody in my W spaces that may see this is going to be like, you're just that Toronto Homer, but uh, <laughs> that's, I get called that sometimes. But that's I fine. Mean, I, I, 
Toronto is the center of the universe, of course. We know this. It really is, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, no, but I definitely think it's like, even from an outside perspective now, and that game definitely changed things, but now the people that I know, like, who are not, don't have any affiliation from Toronto or just W people from the States, Mm -hmm. um, do believe that Toronto is up there as well. And unfortunately, the people here don't believe it, but again. It's great. It's awesome. Rewind if you want to hear my thoughts about that. Believe in your city, believe in yourself indeed. Uh, We are going to wrap up here with one more, not related to the WNBA, related to sort of the ongoing story of the week around the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam and his his future. Uh, This what's more likely, Chelsea, what's more likely, Pascal Siakam gets traded before Christmas or gets extended before Christmas. What you got? This is me saying what I hope will happen, and I hope he gets extended. (laughs) um yep me too yeah yeah <laughs> just because um i am going to be really sad if he gets traded and not to like i know that we're supposed to have this like mentality that you know it's a business and they're blah 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 blah. but like it's I, sports like, it's sports yeah. we don't get into this business because we just want to be you know corporate you know whatever we get into it because we love the teams and the players and pascal siakam has been a favorite of mine for you know a while and so it would mm-hmm. be re- not only really sad to see him go but it would also just kind of be like that definitive um sign mm-hmm. that the raptors are headed in a direction that won't be fun for a couple of years so mm-hmm. um i hope he gets extended yeah i hope so too i actually I think the trade before Christmas is unlikely because, you know, it's December 15th where most guys can be traded. Um, mm. Just like guys who were signed in the offseason and whatnot. And you, you kind of look at expanding the pool of teams that might be after Pascal Siakam. I think about like the Sacramento Kings, for example, where Harrison Barnes signed in the offseason. His contract, it's like 17 million bucks, could be useful for salary matching. That becomes uh, movable on December 15th. But like, how often do we see trades between this December 15th and Christmas? Not often. I mean, it's happened for sure. Pretty sure uh, Vince Carter was traded in that little window. Um, great. Lo- love it. Uh, let's let's trade away another disgruntled former star that you've kind of let down. Yay! Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't think either of these things will happen before Christmas, if I'm being totally honest. I think yeah. the extension should have already happened. And if it hasn't already happened, I... I can't imagine they're like itching to get the you know the signing on the dotted line done even though they should be i so but i will say the extension is more likely because there will actually be a couple months of basketball there maybe the raptors start off red hot maybe this whole thing works maybe darko is actually the genius everybody hopes he is and it all works and it's beautiful and pascal is fitting in wonderfully of course, you run the risk of if things are going really well and Pascal's a big part of it, which he figures to be, uh, maybe he starts to sniff all NBA in the Supermax and says, you know what, we'll hold off on that extension for now. Uh, that's a big thing that could potentially happen here too. Um, but yeah, I will say the extension's more likely just because I think a trade in that window is difficult. Although, uh, you know, if maybe there's a team that starts off slow, you know, I mentioned the Kings, the Western Conference is stacked. Maybe the Kings get off to a slow start. Some other team, the Warriors, uh, could maybe sort of throw their hat in the ring here as well, uh, as much as that would really bum me out. Um, but like maybe one of these Western Conference teams that fancies themselves a, a top six contender 
gets off to a rocky start and has to go make some sort of big move. And a really big move would be adding Pascal Siakam to your team, not to mention getting his bird rights and the right to sign him to more money and, you know, keep him within your uh, in your franchise going forward. I think, um, yeah. Oh, God. Why isn't he <laughs> extended? Why? Like, it's... It, if the whole point is to eventually trade him anyway, then the value that he'll have on a new contract with cost certainty it stands to reason you should just extend him and figure out the trade thing later. We don't need to relitigate it. I, it oh, man, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, great treatment of your best player and uh, like the fifth best player in franchise history. It's very cool. I'm glad that the limbo that he's in is taking place as it is uh we're just really happy with the entire yeah. enterprise that is the toronto raptors and their ownership today it's great yeah uh <laughs> chelsea this was great it was an absolute joy to talk to you thank you so much for hopping on the show uh and making an early appearance uh before the crack of dawn frankly yeah <laughs> like, thank you for accommodating my work schedule <laughs> oh no problem at all i do nothing i sit around at home all day so uh happy to jump on whenever a wonderful guest is available where can people check out all your awesome work uh obviously raptors hq is the place but in anything in particular yep. to go and check out yeah, I mean, we started player previews over on Raptors HQ, so you can check those out. Um, I also post a lot of my work on HQ and also all the other places I write at my Twitter, at Chelsea Late or X. I never know what to call it. Anyway, um, so yeah, you can check out my uh, Twitter or Instagram, same handle, just Chelsea Late, all under lowercase, got in there really early and got that username. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I post everything online that I do, so check out my writing. I write for quite a few places hell yeah and yeah w WNBA finals previews are, are rolling this week so if you're interested in that i have a lot of that stuff coming out awesome uh everyone go read chelsea's work an essential cover on the toronto raptors no doubt uh you can find me at woodley sean uh go subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps for free leave comments leave ratings leave reviews we're on youtube for free every day as well if you want to see my mug uh and you can also go and uh join the lockdown raptors discord server it really is the place to be right now with the preseason starting this weekend you're going to want to be in there on sunday as they take on what the kings in vancouver that's going to be fun yeah. uh and you can yeah come hang out there throughout the season that's where my thoughts on games are going to be so come hang out and uh get my what what would normally be tweets just will be discord posts uh so come, come hang out we'd love to see you there and uh that's gonna do it for this week of shows go listen to the whole catalog from this week if you missed anything we'll be back again next week to talk about preseason game and a whole bunch more uh won't be on monday as i'll be driving home from my parents who moved like four hours away as they retired uh so i'll be driving home for thanksgiving but uh tuesday we'll be back and we will recap the first preseason game and look ahead to the rest of the week as the preseason schedule will then ramp up a week later and we get closer and closer to the start of the nba regular season until then thank you so much for hanging we'll talk to you then bye Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.